Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. This week's Facebook Live and this week we're looking at how to sleep soundly, some tips to help us get through the night and get that real quality period of recovery that we need. And we spend about a third of our lives sleeping, which is about half as long as your average cat. And unlike our pets, cats and dogs, primates like us and it's research has been done on on chimpanzees and other primates that we sleep in one large chunk of sleep a night so for us napping like a cat or a dog would do in separate little chunks just doesn't have that quality of restoration that we really need particularly for the kind of larger primate brain so for any of you who have not had good quality of sleep then you'll know what it can do in terms of upsetting your ability to focus, to concentrate, to feel that you have vibrant energy. When we don't sleep enough, then we don't produce hormones that tell us that we have a full sense of satisfaction from food. So this disruption of hormones like ghrelin and leptin mean that people who tend to not get enough sleep also tend to eat more, they tend to want to eat more to compensate for that energetic loss, if you like, that lack of rejuvenation, and tend to put on more weight. There's been a direct correlation shown with good evidence that insomnia is linked to weight gain and even binging and eating disorders. So how we go to sleep, and not just the quantity we get, But the quality is all important for our daily function. And one thing that we can really tell, we can see if we're getting up for that quality or not, is how refreshed we feel on waking. So it can be, and a lot of people report, particularly um, in this kind of colder time of year, when we would actually, in the wild, have more sleep. Populations who've been studied in northern climes, living in more traditional ways, have been shown to have more sleep than those who live at the equator. And a lot of this is energy conservation, that when we're not awake and moving around, we're using less energy. And in the winter, when we need more energy to create heat, then we tend to sleep for longer hours. And the quality of sleep we get then isn't necessarily about the length because you might find in this kind of more tired time of year when sunlight is less and therefore waking serotonin levels are less that you're actually sleeping for longer but feeling you know you know as restored or even less restored even a bit groggy so finding quality of sleep and finding the one where that we we feel we're fully restored is very much about how we prepare to go to sleep, how we're able to stay asleep and how we're able to go through full sleep cycles. And us humans go through 90 minute sleep cycles about five times a night on average. 
And they're the same 90-minute cycles of brainwaves that we go through through the day, but these ones are in an altered state of consciousness. So these ones are when we drop down, for a lot of it, into absolute unconsciousness. But it is the same cycling around. The brain is changing its levels of activity. So you might have heard of REM sleep, which is the cycle of sleep where we are dreaming. And uh, the REM stands for rapid eye movement. Um, That's the fifth stage of sleep. So within a 90-minute cycle, we've got four stages of non-REM sleep and one stage of REM sleep at the end, the fifth stage. Now, the REM sleep, when we're dreaming, when we're processing, when we're allowing things to be laid down as memory, uh, making sense of them, is our brain is actually more active then than when we're awake. But the other four stages that come before it, the brain is less awake and we are going through various stages where we are able to restore tissues heal uh, immune system clears up and it's very much a restoration time so the first stage of sleep is that kind of that's feeling that you're kind of you're between wakefulness and sleeping and if you were to be woken at this point you would probably believe you hadn't been asleep and then secondly we get a, a little bit lower and the third and fourth sleep are very deep and that's when we really get our, our full sense of restoration and we can still move around then but it's when we get to our REM sleep and we're dreaming that the body goes into immobilization so we might twitch in fingers and we might twitch a little in the legs but our big major muscle groups are basically immobilized so we don't act out dreams so sleep itself is very interesting and just to know that we're going through those cycles really gives us an opportunity to understand that uh, and feel when we do dip into these kind of ups and downs in sleep sometimes it feels like we're a little more conscious and we're coming back to stage one and then we can dip down again but mostly we want to feel that when we wake up that we've had restful sleep so if you feel that you go to sleep too quickly it might not feel too quickly at the time but it is that kind of you just feel you're in a deep sleep when you hit the pillow and you might wake with a crick neck so you might feel that you really haven't moved around in your sleep at all then the chances are that you're dropping into sleep too quickly that you are overtired and therefore you're dropping into deep sleep incredibly quickly and you don't have going through the cycles where you move around and you you change muscle because holding ourselves in one place for a long period of time is not healthy for muscle and that body naturally wants to move otherwise it's just like it's holding a str- one stretch for a long long time so essentially our body is preparing us to sleep from 4 p.m onwards And obviously, our modern life doesn't really allow us most of the time, except maybe on the weekends and holidays, to really feel that we're allowing ourselves to go into that more restful, more introspective, less lively tone from 4pm. And of course, if you you actually want a social life and go out at night, then that's not going to happen those nights either. But if we can at least feel that some of the time that we just honour the fact that from that mid-afternoon, our body wants to go into some sense of moving inwards, preparing for sleep, that also gives us uh, ability to understand that actually a lot of the time we are kind of trampling over those mechanisms that are really preparing us to go down in towards sleep. So the more that we can have um, at least a few nights a week where we're really honouring what our body needs to go into full quality sleep, the better. So that can be real kind of ritualistic 
evening routines like having a bath and if you do have a bath Epsom salts are great for soothing you before bed with lavender oil as well then you make sure that once you're out the bath you let your body temperature cool down before getting into bed otherwise that sudden drop in temperature in the night can cause you to wake up again because temperature is very important sleep cycles particularly the kind of second sleep cycle relies on uh, we lose our sense of temperature control and we rely on cooling down to allow us to then go into a deeper sleep cycle so having a cool room not overheating your room yes having kind of nice comfy duvet or whatever you need on but the air around us being cool is really conducive for good quality sleep and just having you know a nice dark room so that we are able to produce melatonin as well as possible and on that note technology screens uh, late at night particularly after nine o'clock interfere with our ability to produce the sleep hormone neurotransmitter melatonin the sleep hormone and neurotransmitter that allows us to fall asleep and stay asleep so it's very tempting sometimes to feel that that full relaxation of uh, the night and easing into bedtime can involve alcohol. But alcohol actually, although, yes, it in the first instance produces uh, a surge of the neurotransmitter GABA, which switches off our mind, which is why we like it, switches off all the ruminations and the racing mind. Ultimately, what it does later on when the body starts to fully metabolize it is it, it stops our ability to produce and utilize our own GABA. So although it might help us get to sleep, it can interrupt quality of sleep later and even lead to wakefulness about 4pm. So much better to have routines that involve you allowing to come down to relaxation, an evening yoga routine, something restorative, laying on the ground, uh, restorative yoga practice like my evening yoga practice, which I will actually put up for you within Calm Club it's kind of it's for sale on my site but I think it'd be a good thing to put up here um just for you to be able to do because it's really it's known particularly if we do supported inversions where the body is upside down and supported that that actually helps us to lower and regulate blood pressure through something called the barrow reflex that really allows the whole nervous system to come down and is a very very good insomnia and and pre-sleep practice So getting back to reading, having technology out of the bedroom as much as you can, saving the bedroom for sleep and sex only and having it as a lovely kind of warm cave and a boudoir and something that's very comfortable, keep it tidy so it doesn't feel cluttered, it feels very calming and soothing and all of these little details really make a difference. So think, for instance, if you have a lot of ruminations, a lot of stuff going around in your mind, write them down before you go to sleep. And if you tend to 4 a.m. waking, which is, as I mentioned, 4 p.m. is when we're starting to go to bed. 4 a.m. is when we're starting the process of coming up to wake again. And it's when we're about to go into our deepest REM sleep cycle. So the part of the sleep cycle that has the longest amount of REM. So ideally, we want to be keeping asleep at that time. And if you do tend to wake at 4am, then often you'll know that that comes from periods of stress. Um, It's a key time for fears. 
and any worries to start going round and round. And that can be related to if you have highs and lows of blood sugar during the day, then if you're not having a kind of nice smooth curve trajectory through the day, once you come to bedtime, you can have a sudden crash down and you can find that what actually happens is you have what's called a, a kind of hypoglycemic crash where the only thing that stops us dropping into a hypoglycemic coma is for the body to produce a shot of adrenaline. It's a sort of survival response. And obviously a shot of adrenaline is not conducive to sleep. And it's also part of the fear response, part of the stress response. So it's natural for fears and worries to come in under those conditions. So if that is you, then coming back to regulating blood sugar throughout the day in many of the tips I've mentioned in other videos and back to as well to the seven day meal plan within the calm package. I will put that up as well. And I've promised you before, but I will do that again. And if you are just listening to this, then that's the calm package on my website. And also you can have a bedtime snack to help keep blood sugar levels up through the night. So celery is particularly good because it has that calming compound apigenin in, which is why it's been a sleep and anxiety remedy throughout uh, many traditional medicines. Chamomile tea helps raise our levels of a neurotransmitter glycine, which helps keep us asleep. And it's the one that stops us moving around when we're in REM sleep. And drinking chamomile tea doesn't just have the effect after you've drunk that cup. The effects are cumulative. And so they will keep going. So they will, it works as a general anti-anxietic and a sleep remedy. I've also got, I've just written a blog on how to sleep soundly for the Yoga Matters website, which includes a lot of other nutritional stuff and a few other key tips and also a specific sleep yoga practice. So once that's out, I will post that up on the site for you. But really honour, respect, beg a time and how we go to sleep. We live in a very, very stimulating world where there's a huge amount of input and that really moves into this really precious time when we are building back up tissues where if we don't get quality of sleep then what actually happens is that we aren't very good at what's called neural pruning we don't have that capacity to, to get rid of the neural pathways that we don't need anymore and that actually interferes with our ability to lay down memory and our ability to get a sense of clarity can keep our head a, a little a too busy there's loads of incredibly interesting research around sleep and it's only really just being understood what its full function is for. But we know we need it and we absolutely know how we feel when we don't get it. So a couple of other tips in terms of supplementation. And again, I mentioned these in the blog and I can send you my supplement guide too, is magnesium, which is a very common commonly deficient mineral which we need for all types of nervous system calming before bed 300 to 500 milligrams of magnesium citrate is very helpful and also you get a lot of formulations that have magnesium in plus uh, taurine and plus l-theanine and all of those are work to bring in inhibitory neurotransmitters including GABA I talked about before which shuts off that racing mind that can really interfere with our ability to get down into deeper sleep levels so i can post you a a good a couple of good sleep formulations in terms of supplements as well and 
get moving during the day. So a good sleep really relies on us actually wearing ourselves out to a certain extent. So if you're not walking and moving around enough, get doing that and that will really help your quality of sleep. I hope that's been helpful and uh, speak to you soon.